welcome to the podcast of Do You Know the Mob? I'm your co-host, Sam Yobren, and he's classy. He's uh, he's acting like James Bond. The name's Bond. James Bond. <laughs> it's- oh, it's Brandon Ellis. I'm just going to introduce myself, Sam. I'm going to jump on in. I have mm-hmm. seen almost all of the Bond movies, except for like three. Who is the best Bond? Well, Sean Connery is the classic answer, but Daniel Craig is a worthy successor. Mm, mm. I hope the next one's a woman. <laughs> I just want to get Brian's reaction. I know that is something that is being discussed, and I don't know if it's worth us diving into this podcast. Brandon, I'm just looking for us to get canceled today. Is that too much to ask for? <laughs> you know, one of our listeners did message me and was talking to me. And he's like, my favorite part was when Sam asked you, what are your favorite conspiracy theories? <laughs> <laughs> well, shout out to our boy, Landon Kell. He's been a loyal listener. He texted me as soon as our episode was uploaded. He was like, oh, I'm listening to this. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we gotta we gotta deal with our boy Spy Guy. Spy Guy over here calling us out. He's calling us out, Brandon. Spy hey, Guy, we, we love you. I am trying to find the third guy you told us about. I'm trying to. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I'm trying. We really appreciate people bringing new names to us because. We've kind of discovered going through this, folks, that most of these people we had never heard of. And I pride myself as a kid watching the History Channel for at least two hours a day. Speaking of the History Channel, Braden, I remember you mentioning that you had some hard feelings about the History Channel changing. And I was flipping through the TV and I saw uh, the Travel Channel. And the Travel Channel, to me, was acting like the History Channel. And the History Mm. Channel, I feel like, is acting like the Science Channel. (laughs) I love the Travel Channel. There's a couple episodes on there. Expedition Unknown. It's a great show. I have reached out to the people that produce it. They have not responded. That's a good one. Just waiting for your time, man. Waiting for your time. Josh Gates can call me whenever he wants. I will answer. (laughs) Brandon, did you grow up just loving the Bear Grylls? I feel like you were that kind of kid. I watched every episode. (laughs) <laughs> i cried when i found out he stayed overnight in a hotel i heard that yeah but i understand i understand i understand <laughs> i mean he's more of a man than we'll ever be let's just put it let's just face it <laughs> i still want him on the desert island with me <laughs> i want to see bear Grylls in something random like uh like love island or something like that <laughs> i want to see like him and all these tv people uh paula dean the dog whisperer. <laughs> I'm dog- confident that every one of those people are married. <laughs> yeah, or Dog the Bounty Hunter. I don't know, just some kind of random. Uh, I've met Dog the Bounty Hunter. You have not met him. I what? have met Dog the Bounty Brandon, Hunter. Brandon, how are you yes. now sharing this with me? So, all right, we'll, we'll delve into tell. this, then we'll go, we'll go into, after that, we'll go into our trivia. But I met Dog the Bounty Hunter when I was in high school working at the Oklahoma State Capitol. He came in to sign some... Uh, documents uh for supporting some new laws that are going in effect um so he doesn't live in oklahoma does he uh i do not know um that's crazy man i uh was talking with my dad 
and he said, uh, sometimes I'm like, is he making this up? Like, I'll I'll mention an old NBA player. He's like, oh, I got to meet him. And it's always like, I met him on an elevator, or I met him in the bathroom. I'm like, what? <laughs> but uh, I was like, you know who I think is the best point guard dad? Oscar Robertson. And my dad's like, oh, I met him. I'm like, no, you didn't. He's like, yeah. He's He went right up to the urinal next to me. I was peeing right by the big O. <laughs> that's the nickname, the big O. And I'm like, what in the world? That's, that's something that you're like, I probably shouldn't have a conversation with this person right now. <laughs> hey, you know, if I was peeing by the big O, I would say hi. <laughs> and Sam, here's the question. I've struck out every time. Does our trivia question today have to do with famous people? It does not. It has to do, actually, though, with TV channels like we were just talking about. Oh, hey. We were on point today, folks. We are good to go. This is going to well, be a good episode. Well, I don't know if on point, but we're on something. <laughs> uh, I don't know what was in Brandon's uh, Brandon's martini. Not martini. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, you were you right. It was martini. Oh, it was martini. martini. Yes. Mm-hmm. I got it right. Um, but, Brandon, I want you to tell me the currently most watched, most viewers, TV channels. The channels. So we're taking it back to the cable days. To the basic, okay, the so regular it has, television. It has to be cable. It has to be cable. Well, it could be any. If you flip on a television channel, what's the most watched channel is what I'm trying to say. So Netflix is not an answer, correct? That's not a TV channel. Nope, nope. We're okay, taking it good. back to 2010. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Get get the uh, TiVo ready to record. Here we go, folks. Mm-hmm. So uh, Fox. CNN, BBC, ESPN, one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, one. <laughs> not ESPN2 or ESPN News or ESPN The Oak uh, Show. <laughs> I don't think I've said MSNBC. Yeah, I said BBC. You did not. So MSNBC. Uh, that's five. Let's see. Who else mm-hmm. have I not named? Um, Think of the very basic ones, the normal ones. Whenever yeah. TV. Channel 12. <laughs> <laughs> channel four the ch- weather the weather <laughs> uh the weather channel that's one that's like on every hotel i've ever been to that is, that uh, is let's see i'm gonna go with you're thinking too hard i'm thinking um uh, you turn on new channel. what disney channel the history channel oh history well, disney channel. channel yeah disney channel is what i said <laughs> Uh, if i turn on the tv and what what happened you're watching the new year's ball drop where are you going well it's fine (laughs) seacrest who's giving it i can tell you that much for the last 30 years you you and every millennial you're too much of a streamer now (laughs) youtube (laughs) i don't watch tv (laughs) i think you have one more Uh, let's just go with Let's see. I'm gonna throw my wild card out there. I'm stalling a little bit while I do this. No, you you got wild, you got some of them. My wild card for the night is. Oh boy. What's another? What's, name? what's the channel Hannah Hannah likes? Good morning, America. <laughs> there you go. So uh, I think is Good Morning America. Is that on ABC or something? It's on ABC, and we want uh, to use that as a rally. So Thank number you, that's good to know. Hannah likes Good Morning America, though. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> number ten. I was trying to get you to say either number ten or number nine. I don't know if Hannah actually watches these, but 
Number 10, Hallmark. Oh, number, my gosh. Number, number 9, 10? HGTV. Yeah. I yeah. actually almost said that, but I did not think oh, it was number 9. Got to trust yourself. Number 8, MSNBC. So you got that right. Number 7, Univision. I would not have guessed that. Univision. I would not have either. Number 6, ESPN. So good job. Number 5, Fox News. Fox News. I did say Fox. Well, I said Fox. Fox. Well, number four is Fox. So, oh, my gosh. There's so two? We got, yeah, there's Fox and there's Fox News. Yeah. Fox is like the, the sitcoms and the... Uh, I guess there's Fox Sports, too, stuff like that. Yeah, there's that, too. Number three, ABC. Number two, CBS. And number one, NBC. Yeah, those are I, the ones I was trying to get you to say. <laughs> I, I got M... M no, I did. I said, it. oh, Brandon, no. It's okay. It's all right. You still got a good amount of them. <laughs> you got the harder the ones. Stream. We're going to do the top streamed shows or something soon. I'm surprised TNT didn't make it or. Um, I almost said Spike. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't have been a bad guess. Or uh, a good one. <laughs> or BET or something. So, anyways, those are the top 10 most viewed TV channels as of lately. I'm sure they tailored off over time. <laughs> Just like the Pac-12, they're dying. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh too no. soon? Too soon? <laughs> Raw, Sam. So today, Brandon, we are doing someone who is nicknamed the Irishman, but it doesn't have to do with the movie Irishman. <laughs> so sorry for the Good. confusion, audience. But we are doing Danny Green, the Irishman. All right. <clears throat> so this one is going to take place in uh, what the place I like to call Cleveland. <laughs> Ooh, set set the set the field, Sam. Set it oh, for us. We're setting it. So Daniel John Patrick Green was born on November fourteenth, nineteen thirty-three. That Ooh. sounds like uh, a war. Depression time era. <laughs> that was not a good time to be a baby in the United States. But he was the son of John and Irene Green. And sadly, his uh, mother passed away due to medical complications. So like you just mentioned, Brandon, not a good time to be. So shortly after his birth, his father was devastated by the loss and began to drink away his sorrows. Not a good, not a good sign. That's nope. Not a good move. No, no bueno. Uh, placing his son in the care of an orphanage until Danny found a permanent home with his grandfather. So his grandpa raised him. In his youth, Daniel dabbled in delinquency, dropped out of <laughs> high school, dabbled. He uh, dropped out of high school, earned himself a reputation as an alley fighter. I mean, Brandon, I think that's what they called you back in the day. Don't mess with Brandon in the alley. Don't be, don't be getting up doing that. There's only three in Sepulpa. There, you may find him in one. That's right. You'll you don't mess with him. He'll mess you up. <laughs> he, uh, as an adult, he started to mellow out. In 1956, he married a local waitress. In the following year, he took employment uh, as a stevedore on the banks of Lake Erie. He was quickly elected president of the local 1317 chapter international. Longshoremen's Association. Brandon, what the heck is the International Longshoremen's Association? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great question, Sam. And like all great questions, it starts with the definition. Mm. So 
I had I didn't know what a longshoreman was either when we originally were talking about this a while back. A longshoreman is a person employed in a port to load and unload ships. So the International Longshoremen Association is a North American labor union representing longshore workers along the coastlines of the United States and Canada. Um, little background information, set the placemats. It was formed in 1864 in New York City and continued to grow uh, during the late 18th century and early 19th century. It was involved in multiple labor disputes um, as laborers' rights were continued to grow. They really came to fame, though, in the 1950s, which was a decade of turmoil and trauma for the ILA. During this period, they were in the spotlight for having a 25-day work stoppage on the New York City docks. Sam, that's a long time to stop working. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good old union rally right there. <laughs> that's oh, like yeah. the uh, well, is that anything like the writers and uh, acting and the Hollywood the Hollywood writers? <laughs> uh, similar, although I think they're longer than that. But several articles printed in New York City newspapers focused on this and the alleged rampant gangsterism within the group. So that kind of gave them some negative light that they continued to try to shed going forward. Um, well, today the group is still going strong. They are still the largest maritime workers union in North America with 65,000 members. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot of people. And you know, it is. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it is, especially in life that, you know, we, I think unions in some ways aren't as popular as they used to be, but they're still a very important part of uh, workers' rights. I feel like there's less and less unions, but they're the ones that are surviving are be getting bigger and bigger. Um, well, my, you know, you get, my grandpa was in a union actually when he worked too, and he would tell me about it all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. My, my great grandparents were in some, and then obviously you got like the teachers union, uh, you have the Hollywood acting writer union, uh, the railroads have strong unions. Uh, the factory, the company I work for has a union. Um, the aviation industry has unions. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Yeah, that's right. They were having some issues with the pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and we had mentioned a while ago how strong the mob kit had uh, their hand on unions and what they could do uh, way back when we first started this this podcast. So sometime during this period, Danny Grant Green began to travel a path of illegal activity. Hence why we're doing an episode on him. <laughs> uh, what if one day we just do a regular guy that didn't do anything wrong just to throw everybody off? <laughs> Jeb Smith, born in 1936. Was Wayne Ellis. <laughs> he went to work, made a good, made a good, honest living, and went home to his wife and kids. <laughs> the <end>. Faithful <laughs> to his wife and kids. <laughs> in 1964, Green was indicted by the federal grand jury on charges of embezzlement and falsifying records. He was accused of stealing over $10,000 in union funds. Mm. Daniel Green stood trial in 1966 alongside the union's vice president and only took the 12 jurors five and a half hours to deliberate Green's fate. Only five and a half hours, you know? Uh, $10,000, that's that's not a joke in the 60s, you know? No, $10,000 isn't a joke now. Yeah, I'd take it. <laughs> yeah, I'd take it, too. If it was clean. <laughs> um, with proof that he had deposited 19 grain boat checks into his personal account at the Rockefeller Branch Central National, National Bank, Green was founded guilty. 
The ruling, however, was overturned by August 1968 because the government's cross-examination of Green about his high living on his union expense account was prejudicial. Prejudicial. Um, Brandon, do you know what that means? Prejudicial, like before. Prejudicial. Uh, I know the justice system. Does it mean it's before they got the certain rulings? I think that's what's what they were saying. Yes. Thank you. Um, in the years following his indictment, Green for was forbidden to participate in union activity. So uh, they formed the Cleveland Trade Solid Waste Guild. It was chartered by the state in 1969. The guild was intended to unify the commercial rubbish business in the city of <clears> Cleveland. I love the word rubbish, particularly when British people use it. <laughs> well, we've talked about we've talked about uh, what was it in Rhode Island or Connecticut or Maryland where they had a uh, the sanitary. It was like they yeah they're sanitary. They're using that to launder money and stuff like that. Yeah. So membership was solely voluntary, but many collectors reported that they joined for fear of being put out of business, which is, you know, that's a little bit uh, illegal. <laughs> not good. You're not you're not going to uh, be reprimanded, but you may lose your job. <laughs> you I won't I won't be upset. I won't reprimand you, but it would be very advantageous for your future with this. Uh, with <laughs> if you would join our membership, <laughs> yeah. if you'd pay your monthly donation <laughs> at the door. Please do, and thank you. In a membership meeting held on June 25th, the same year Danny is quoted as saying, if others don't join, we will follow their trucks and take away their stops, offer to pick up for less and take away their business at the cheapest price and knock them out of the box. What end quote. <laughs> in 1971, Green once again found himself in a legal hotspot, as police noted a connection between the organized crime and the violence of the private rubbish haulers. <laughs> His group became known as the Celtic Club. Uh, so, Brandon, can you tell us about the Celtic Club a little bit? Oh, yeah, Sam. So this one's pretty interesting. The Celtic Club, like we've been saying, was in Cleveland, Ohio. It was an Irish mob, um, and it was founded by Danny Green, our boy. So boy. the club was in, I'll use the word business, from the late 1960s to 1977. And there's a reason why it ended in 1977. Um in 1976, the Celtic Club went to war with the Cleveland mob after mob boss John T. Licavoli attempted to levy a street tax upon the Irish. And Green allied himself with the rebellious capo John Nardi and his crew. The, the war initially went well for the Celtic Club, which carried out 36 car bombings in the summer of 1976 alone. However, in 1977, the Genovese crime family hitman Ray Ferrito hunted down the club's main enforcers and that limited a lot of their ability to operate um i'm willing to leave the end out and why the club ended in 1977 for sam yeah and that kind of goes to show you how strong the italian mafia had just outside new york city too they were not just confined to their city limits so oh Money talks, um, sticky fingers. Money talks. So Green's connections, you'll like this, Brandon, went organized crime went beyond the world of waste. <laughs> In the early 1970s, there was a reported 35 homicides linked to explosives. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, they don't just kill you. They make a scene. <laughs> so they were doing bombings for a long time up to 1976. What's with the stereotype the Irish bombings? Like, come on now. <laughs> well, okay, this is a totally different thing, but the time of troubles in Ireland, they became known for car bombings. And this yeah. is about Northern Ireland independence and stuff like I, that with Ireland. I know, but like this should not be linked or be can be doing the same as that <laughs> but it is <laughs> oh i have no idea i have no idea if they're correlated i don't know well i mean it's correlated as in uh i don't know kind of yeah living up to the stereotype i guess you could say but i mean it is a good way of getting rid of someone i guess without I mean, yeah being connected to you so you're not there yeah hey you know don't need to get your hands dirty so mm -hmm. uh many of these explosives would be linked to Green or one of his associates. Over the next few years, multiple attempts were made on Danny Green's life. And Brandon, I bet you'll be able to guess how it finally ended. He finally <laughs> met his fate when he walked out of his dentist's office and there was a car bomb placed in the car. So, of course, he died on October 6, 1977. They that did is... make it. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Go of ahead, Lori. The, the dentist office. <laughs> no, as if the dentist isn't already bad enough. Well, so I say they made genius it. because you know he's not going to miss his dentist appointment. Like he's going <laughs> to show up for the dentist appointment. So you don't want to get him when you he's don't there. Miss that. Yeah, you're going to get delayed well, another yeah. few months, and <laughs> it's going to take a while. You're going to have that cavity anyway. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. If you're going to have a cavity, what to get? He's probably had a bad toothache. Just, just an unfair game there. That's all I got to say. But hey, you got to play dirty in the mob. <laughs> <laughs> so they did make a movie of him. It's called Kill the Irishman. Very fitting. Uh, obviously not the same as The Irishman. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's to do it for our episode of Do You Know the Mob? Uh, make sure to email us at doyouknowthemob at gmail.com if you have any uh, insights like Spy Guy of who we should do. Um, and signing off, I'm Sam Braden. And this is Brandon Ellis. Thank you. <laughs>